0: N E T S U I T E dot com slash WTF. <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you, folks? How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? Welcome to the show. This is WTF. I am Mark Marin. How is everyone? Was it the first night of Hanukkah last night? Did I fuck that up again? Am I, am I missing it? Do I, should, could someone check for me, please? Is today the second night of Hanukkah? Do I have to pull out my menorah and my leftover candles from the last 10 years of not finishing the Hanukkah rituals alone in my house? Do I have a yarmulke? Yes. Do I have a kippah? I do. Do I have what you uh, Gentiles would call the hat that one wears, the little skull cap thingy, the disc, the, uh, Embroidered cloth circle that Jews wear on their heads. Yes, I have one. I don't know if do any of you know the uh, the sort of cockfighting of kippahs that goes on in Jewish communities. The uh, the kippah tallis cockfight that happens in synagogues across the country. Oh, look who went to Israel last year. Look at that fancy yarmulke. Oh, where do you get that? Look at that colorful talus. I didn't even know you had options with colors. I thought they had to be just black and white fabric. That's got all kinds of colors and fancy embroidery. Ooh, nice kippah. That's a, is that a Sephardic kippah? Look at all the colors. Hey, look at that. Look at that Grateful Dead themed yarmulke that guy's wearing. How many of you know that? I've still got yarmulkes from bar mitzvahs that I stole them from. That's how you know you're, you're part of a Jewish family, is when you look on the inside of your yarmulke and it says, to honor the bar mitzvah, to honor the wedding, to honor the funeral of so-and-so uh, Jewish person. I have one. I did not light the candles last night. If it was indeed the first day of Hanukkah, I will try to light them, but it's uh, you know, it's emotional, man. It's emotional. Happy Hanukkah to you uh, Jewish people or those of you who are involved with Jews. Happy Hanukkah. I'll light them. I'll light them maybe well, at least once. At least once I'll light them. Today on the show... Uh, the wonderful Adam Resnick. Uh, He's got a book out uh yeah the, his book is pretty fucking funny man the book is uh called will not attend lively stories of detachment and isolation it's available now wherever you you get books but more importantly if you're tuning in and you're like who the hell's adam resnick uh he was a writer for letterman he wrote uh you know he was uh on larry sanders get a life cabin boy death to smoochie we'll talk about those things because i know some of you have the reaction of like really yeah well there are good stories behind that and he's uh Definitely a unique person, and I love talking to him, so that's going to happen shortly. Happy Hanukkah. How do you spell it? Don't know. Don't. A lot of options. A lot of options. Hey, whoever watched my special last night, or I'm sorry, on Friday night, thank you. Thank you for watching on Epics. Uh I, I don't know where else you can watch it right now. I believe you can go to epics.com to find out how you can watch it there. I do know it will be on, on Hulu in, in 90 days. The people that have watched it, the feedback I got has been positive, but I get the feeling a lot of you can't watch it and I'm sorry, but uh, you can look into getting epics or you can wait till it comes on Hulu or I imagine eventually it'll show up somewhere, but thank you for watching it. If you did, okay, for those of you who live in Nila, Northeastern Los Angeles, Highland Park, you might've seen me in a Bugatti kit car being driven down Figueroa Street between 62nd or 60th and 50th in the Nila Highland Park Christmas Parade. Uh, Yolanda, the woman who uh, owns a building where hopefully I'm going to be getting an office, she asked me last year, she runs this little parade, and she asked me a couple years ago if I wanted to be the Grand Marshal, and I thought, like, I will not do that. You know, I am... Uh, I'm, I'm a, a carpet bagger here. I, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I came to this neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. I love my house. When I moved here in 2004, you cannot hang the gentrifying label on me. It was impulsive. I had some money saved from a TV deal. I'd never bought a house before. I was driving around this neighborhood with a friend of mine looking to rent a place in Garvanza. And I saw this house for sale, and uh, you know, I talked to uh, the woman who became my second wife, and I said, let's buy this house. I had no idea where I was. So now that Highland Park's become sort of this weird kind of hipster paradise, and a lot of rock people, and our creative people, and young families, and people that uh, have interesting facial hair configurations, and uh, uh, shirt and pant choices have uh, moved in. I don't have a problem with it, but uh, I don't want to claim any sort of you know territory here i I feel like i'm imposing so you're asking me to be the grand marshal of a parade in a primarily latino neighborhood i felt like you know what what it it doesn't it's not going to look right it's not right but this year she uh she talked me into it and uh it was interesting I, I rode in the Bugatti, the Bugatti thing, and, and I waved. I was in front of a, a band, I think, from, uh, I don't remember which high school, marching band, and, and I would wave at people. And every couple of blocks, they had announcers that would uh, sort of say, Comedian Mark Maron lives in Highland Park, and he talked to uh, uh, to President Obama in his garage here in Highland Park. It was like, I wrote the goddamn copy, and I was almost overcompensating. It's... <laughs> Not 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 because I was bragging, but I was like, why wouldn't people that have lived their entire lives here for generations look at me like he's one of the people that are have come here to take over our neighborhood? So the only thing I could think of was like, you know, like I the, the president came by and, you know, he came by our neighborhood and I was excited about that because I love the neighborhood. So, I had a tremendous amount of insecurity. And then, as I drove by these, they would tell the story in English and then they'd say in Spanish. And, and all I would hit, you know, the only thing I would pick up was, Senor Maron, uh, Presidente Obama. <laughs> I like Maron, I like it. I didn't maybe, well, I think that would be very affected, you know, in, in an effort to, uh, to, uh, pledge my allegiance to the neighborhood that, uh, that I, I only pronounce it that way, but it was it was lovely, and you know I got to eat a nice big plate of Mexican food, and I met some local politicians and some uh, people involved with the parade, and it was fun. I was glad to be part of it. I don't know if I'm going to be parading uh, as something I do regularly, but it was a good experience to be one of the. Uh, I don't know if I was the grand marshal or if there were many, but uh, on the side of the Bugatti there was a little sign that said "Mark Marin Podcast Artist." I'll take it. I'll take it and wave wave at those kids. It was uh, it was nice and I was happy Yolanda asked me to do it. Um but again, I'm not I'm not I'm only available for that parade. I'm not available for any other waving jobs uh just for Yolanda and just for Highland Park and uh uh it was it was a good first experience for me. Thank you Highland Park. Right now, my pleasure to ma- to bring up a guy possessed possessed by something. He's definitely possessed. By an intensity and a speed and an amazing sense of humor. Again, Adam Resnick. The book is uh, Will Not Attend Lively Stories of Detachment and Isolation. You can get that book wherever you get books. Uh, He's uh, written on Letterman, Get a Life, Larry Sanders, uh, the movie Cabin Boy, Death the Smoochie, among other things that we will talk about. This is me talking to Adam Resnick here in the garage. your podcasts
1: you know how it is so you're born wired a certain way and then on top of that then i had an awful environment so in my the way i was wired yeah uh the environment i lived in was the worst thing for my type of wiring right you know uh which you were is like
0: a kind of high a, a warrior a, 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 a yeah very much too. a
1: warrior but not not in a typical way um you know i know from hearing you with certain things like i for example yeah like, i worried about everything like i can remember being in kindergarten yeah and uh in harrisburg pennsylvania and, and hearing a siren in the distance yeah. and i specifically remember because my mom had dropped me off uh, and my little brothers, my twin brothers, were I think in the back seat or something. Uh, they were babies at the time, and I, I heard the siren. My mind immediately went to: um, she was in an accident. She's dead. I pictured her. The station wagon flipped over in a creek in my mind. A you creek. know, a creek went and, right uh, off the road. So we went off the road yeah. in a creek, partially submerged. Uh, I could picture right. my brothers upside down. My mother dead, upside down. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's how I th- and I always. Um, that's just the way it was. I I used to get when
0: my like when my parents left town I guess it was 1970. So I'm like 7, right? Uh-huh. 6 or 7 and they went away to the Orient, uh which you don't call it anymore. I guess uh, Japan, China, the Hong Kong. Yeah. They took a trip and they left me with this old uh, Latino woman who cleaned the house. Right. And she she's hard, well she was okay, but the problem was I got so sick and nauseous because I kept picturing the plane going into the ocean. Yeah, So it was just pieces of a plane and I would just wait
1: for the call that they that they didn't find the plane. That is so me. I mean, and my parents rarely traveled. And I got say sick. Physically sick. Yeah, I. But here's, that's the thing I think that uh, I'm a little different than some people. I think neurosis it is. It's like snowflakes or whatever. Yeah. Like it's always slightly different. I was never, I, I never had a Woody Allen kind of, neurosis my biggest, never cute what has never cute <laughs> and not jewy really it really didn't have that jewish angle because my family wasn't really like that you know although they're that's still in you it's it's in you kind of you well, know because you the, fight it i mean, no oh I, no i did i didn't I, I will tell you i did always lean towards like Gentile kids the few friends I had because I wasn't a person who really sought out friends. Well, but. I
0: noticed that with your sister-in-law, like in the book, there was a, you know, a, a, a reference to Christmas. So I didn't know if your wife was not
1: Jewish. Or She's not you... Jewish. And okay. I could not have, I could not have married a, a Jewish woman. It's a, my, my, I tried my it. I tried it. See, that would be My wife, her, her complete lack of neurosis. Here's my wife, <laughs> does she, which does, does, she is so
0: have, does she have the temperament of like an animal trainer?
1: <laughs> in a way, in a way, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Although I think I'm, I'm turning, term- Turning her into an animal. I mean, I it, it's oh, really? just you know, like no, just in the sense that Where, I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm No day at the beach. No day at the beach. <laughs> I, you can, I feel that. But she's you know, here's here's my wife's uh, Lori's uh, yeah. way. She lives. It, it is. Uh, she doesn't think about the past. She doesn't think about tomorrow. The day that she's in is the day, and it's a good day always. Really? <laughs> yeah, very Gentile that way. And that kind of calms me down, and I'm fascinated, although sometimes... How often do you fight I, it, though? I, it's I, like, it's not good. Today, I, yeah, I not- do, no, I, yeah, I yeah, I have to try to make her say, you know, you got shit inside you that you don't want to fucking learn about. You don't want to know about. Is it that a daily thing? Uh so am I <laughs> I, know, so it comes, I mean look and I, I will say this you know any arguments yeah. we get and it's all yeah. uh, it's always me being wrong I'm an asshole I'm just I, look I think we're similar in a lot of ways because uh, I fight uh, I get angry a lot which is part of it and I think that was part of the environment growing up I'm very uh, because my dad was so high strong and so I'm like always wait, I love, the book is know, really
0: funny and really uh, honest but like unlike some memoirs some memoirs you know how to end a thing you, you like you, you know because sometimes you don't go for the joke. The jokes are you know right. earned, and and there's some there's a couple like there was a few moments where I was like laughing out loud. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot, but but like sometimes with us with funny people, when you get to the end, it's sort of it it, it always has a little bit of emotional resonance, you know. You you know how to end things. Well, that's what
1: you know. At times, I would, if I was writing it, I would resist some of the fun. If I was something that was really funny that I thought, and I never thought about in terms of jokes, but
0: you're you're a joke writer, so it's hard to you have the muscle,
1: yeah. I don't even the joke, yeah. I just think I have the muscle, I have always been sort of. I think looked at things humorously, but nothing like a class clown and had no interest in comedy or anything. But I was, uh, um, the neuro- but, but, so anyway, the book, there's times where I would actually think that's almost too funny and I would feel like it was, uh, you are hiding, it, it's were very hiding much some in, my voice. It's yeah. in my voice. It's in my voice, but I also know, oh, well, that will help sell it too. But I, I, I really didn't want it to be, I don't like to think of it as a comedy book or a, or a humor book, which I understand that's how people will, um, that's why people enjoy it they i read a lot you know that people find it very funny but to me it and i re, it's not that i don't realize i'm describing things that are funny and i describe yeah. them in a funny way but you know that stuff is um it was hard painful. some of it was painful to Horrible. think back on Well, you it's, talked it's, about
0: your father and, and i don't want to cut you off and i'm no, going to no, sure. because like late in the book there's this one bit of information that's dropped in a piece that's late into the book where y- you know your father's life or what he came from becomes very defined, and it was just this moment where you know his father or grandfather was a rabbi mm-hmm. who came to this country, and because they were of a certain class of Jew, right. could not find a congregation or practice, and was right. forced into working in a butcher shop. Yes, and then he grew up in in some in poverty uh at at being the son of a first generation immigrant who had who had status and prestige in the community and then you know the american experience with him was just you know fighting his way just to maintain himself and his identity and and it, it had nothing to do with being jewish necessarily but but what he comes from is pretty fucking jewish
1: exactly in the worst way and it ruined my dad my dad you know is um had a lot, you know. He is a chip on his shoulder about they. It, it, my my great family, character, by the way. Uh, thanks. Yeah, well, he he is. He's a great. <laughs> is he great, still alive? He is, yeah, he is. And how he's, old is he? He's like ninety one right now. That may he, he's I know, but a fighter, right? <laughs> he absolutely. He's a tough. Yeah, and and so, but the the, the Jewish. I I it, my whole life, even growing up, was like those goddamn Jews, you know. And, and and it's not. He's not a self loathing Jew, but he's what happened was he would say they ruined his life, you know. And his father. The, we were very. We're peasant stock you know what I mean? yep. they were not I know what it a big is. thing so he came in and you know and had that whole lower east side experience right. and in and, and getting in fights and learning how to fight and becoming you know really tough you know but he um and the fights were always about you know him being a g you know the kids were everyone was starving then as he describes everyone was pissed off all the in those in those slums you know so um he uh his father my grandfather who i vaguely remember there was no love in the family from him or his mother. They didn't express love. They were dirt poor. He didn't have like a temple that he was a rabbi in. They were little satellites. The other Orthodox Jews would come to their tenement, the little little But I'm talking about they they,
0: where they came from, where is it? Russia?
1: Yeah, Russia. Yeah. yeah. They came from Russia. And they would um so and my, my grandfather, I think, was also a hard guy to get along with, but they made things like my dad had a But wait, dog, they had huh? services? It was like a little... From what I understand, in his little rat hole in the tenement building where yeah. they had other... Some of my other relatives living. Yeah, there'd be like maybe half a dozen or so Jews, other Russian Jews that would come and he would conduct, I guess, some kind of a service in there.
0: I see, I come from Russian Jews on my father's side. And it's been interesting when we talk about this that you never hear about poverty, you know, especially those fucking, you know, that Lower East Side sweatshop, yeah. uh, all white right. immigrants, yeah. really. Yeah. A lot of them Jews. And you don't even like think about it. But at that time, that I, I think you were gonna get to it is that there was a class structure within Jews, like German Jews. My dad points
1: that out, and I think I mentioned in the book, yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying, What you're yeah. about to say. Yeah, the German Jews are the look worst. Down, they look down on the Russian Jews. My dad was the thing where, like, I think he might have went through a period where he was defensive about being a Jew, but yeah. the Jews were so bad to him. The stories he would tell about, he had a dog that he loved when he was a little kid, yeah. and they would just tell... His father, the rabbi, you know, uh, rabbi should not own, have an animal in the house. So he had to get rid of his dog. Yeah. My dad, you know, became pretty good at basketball. This is when they moved away and stuff. Then it was about he wasn't, or in football, he, was, he wasn't allowed to play in the Sabbath. He just said, you know, everything is, they they drove my father nuts. They drove my... My grandfather nuts they you know the good grandfather that i think i mentioned in the book <laughs> he would come in they they bring a, a live chicken back in the old days i guess and the jew and they bring it to the Rabbi? A, i forget there's a word this I, forget, I don't know how to pronounce it for what that butcher was so he used to kill it in that you know yeah. sort of in uh traditional drained? jewish yeah. all that shit and um so they bring the chicken in and then they would drive him nuts and he'd come back you know all right so come back and get your chicken it'll be ready to go around yeah. five o'clock and they come in my dad would be, and those fucking jews every time they walk in he'd bring the chicken out this is not my chicken. My chicken was much larger than this chicken. <laughs> they drove my poor grandfather nuts. So, this is the shit that my dad talks about. So, your dad's He's like a
0: uh, James Con style Jew.
1: Um, Yeah, not as, uh, yeah, I guess not. I mean, James Con, pretty wild. My, my dad no, was. No, but I mean,
0: tall. Ta- big. Oh,
1: yeah muscular tall yeah, yeah. very handsome when he mm-hmm. was I mean he was a good looking guy Your mother was a and, Jew too? Yes, but she was more of a very um relaxed they, they didn't have I guess reformed Jews then but that kind of a uh, her 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 side of the family they were almost gentile in the sense of their disposition but mm-hmm. they were you know Jewish you know and they I guess uh lightly p- p- practiced Judaism. My dad was forced to practice this crazy Orthodox Judaism that from what I understand when I talk to him that even his parents got no comfort in. They were born into it. It was going through right. what they had to do. It brought them no comfort. Right. His mother apparently is a woman who never smiled. Uh my dad was a just a lone wolf. His he had a brother and sister who didn't like him little no love from his father a little bit of not very demonstrative love from his mother and he had to go out in the street and get taunted and he learned you know to fight back and he as he said you know if they came at me in a gang and they got me I'd remember and I'd get them one at a time you know I mean <laughs> I'd a... wait for a guy for one year I'd wait for him and I'd have a fucking brick and I'd remember that and I would just go and so he was eventually run out like a social worship the, the mothers used to come to my grandmother's tenement doorstep yeah. with bloody shirts and stuff and yeah. say look what you son did so eventually like a social worker came and said he's either gonna end up in jail or in the electric chair you got to get the fuck out so then they moved to Anglewood, New Jersey it was an, it, about the most awful Jersey child- yeah I remember yeah. it yeah
0: that's yeah. where mine are from oh really yeah the Jersey's a, yeah. the sure. Jersey Jer- uh, yeah. from uh, Morris County yeah, Compton Lakes. Uh huh. You know, if I remember that shit, do you? Where did you live in Jersey? No, 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 Harrisburg, oh, all Harrisburg, yeah, Pennsylvania. You ended up in Harrisburg, and your dad was in the insurance racket.
1: Right. Yeah, he ended up. He got to yeah. Harrisburg, I guess, when he was in like a uh, you know tenth or eleventh grade. So he's
0: actually a little older than my parents. How old are you? I'm fifty five. Really? Hmm? I'm fifty two. All right. So you're you're going through life with uh, these like with what three older brothers? Two.
1: Five. No. So no, I have uh three older one two younger ones
0: and the older ones were just it was just complete chaos in the house at all times
1: it was awful the, this, it was, the, uh, the,
0: the one about your brother the one who steals is hilarious
1: that's <laughs> constant no my heart was i'm sure <laughs> you know beating too fast through my entire childhood i just could not wait to get out of there but it totally like i said i was i know i you know you're born with a certain amount of damage and we'll never know that whole nature versus nurture thing never but i was in the worst environment for what i was wired for and and my wiring was purely my father's side crazy inbred eastern european russian peasant stock
0: anger anger and panic
1: anger and i do the peasant stock too
0: i don't think see people don't fucking you know really talk about this or but maybe it's such a jew thing like i believe there's you're either like the professor composer jew yeah or you're the you know the guy who lifts things and can do sports kind of
1: no i think about it all the time there's like
0: hybrids you and <laughs> yes. I.
1: Yeah, I, and my dad's side, at both sides, I think, there's no, especially on my dad's side, there was nothing cultural, nothing, there was nothing artistic, I can tell, on my dad's side. Because people forget
0: know? that there were Jewish cops. Jewish butchers yeah Jew, like I remember right. when I worked at a Jewish deli Shelley the guy who owned it says you know that's Bernie the contractor I'm yeah. like what he builds things he's like no he's in the mob stupid yeah. like and then you realize like oh my god most of, a lot of the mob were Jews yeah right, right yeah and I don't know why I'm saying this proudly we get around yeah right yeah. don't no, pigeonhole us
1: that's right, us. <laughs> that's right. We, we've yeah.
0: killed people look at Israelis yeah. but they're a whole different thing I don't know what even to deal with the Israelis but it's
1: amazing This really I mean it's really yes, yeah I, I, I mean, it's yeah. all frightening to me. <laughs> yeah. but
0: but uh, but you and I seem like you know very similar in in what we come from and, and similar in rage and yeah. similar in and your brain seems to be going a, a little faster than mine, but it probably always did because I would immediately get into almost a coma like I'd get I'd get panicked yeah. and then I'd freak out and then I'd fall into myself and I and I just it, that's I'd what ex- I would do yeah exhaust you, myself
1: are you good with see the thing is but you turn here's you know again the way. Everyone that it's similar and there's different, thing, different things. When I'm in the height of uh, panic or worry or something yeah. like that, I can't work. You seem through your, because of doing stand up and everything, you use that shit and throw it into your work. Now, in my book, yeah, I put it into the, you know, it's in the book. However, I can't really work when I'm in that state. I shut down and I feel my imagination goes away. My, my everything goes away. I'm just depressed and fucked up. And I care. so I have to have a little bit of a, I have to be feeling kind of a little bit of good, which for me is, you know, a very And low, that's what a, the medicine does. Part. What's it called again? No, it doesn't do it all the time. There's something called, it's What's called it ProVigil. Called? The, what it is, is, and I take it every now and then. Like I said, I'm an anti-drug guy, uh, anti-psychiatry yeah, see, I be... guy. I was never into that shit. I didn't, you know, even. You're lo- anti-psychiatry? Well, no, here's the thing. I, um, like when I, <laughs> How whatever. did you break
0: that down though? So you like, like, let me just, add, because yeah, yeah. I have some more thoughts. All it, right. right. So you, you look at psychi- psychiatry, philosophy, religion all trying to answer the same questions, none of them a science, really. Right. So in psychiatry, sometimes, you know, in your mind, you're like, well, maybe it's a science. And sometimes They're making more progress in understanding uh, the brain on a cognitive yeah. level, but when you say psychiatry, you mean I'm not going to sit with a guy and tell him my problems because uh, your father didn't like we that.
1: Not, look, I grew up in Harrisburg. <laughs> I didn't know a single... I don't think there was any psychiatrists in town. I never knew a single person. You didn't do it. And in my family... So there's the next you, class my up. my family, you would never do that. My dad would see that as, like, you know... First of all, it would never even come... You know, it would never even enter anyone's mind. I didn't we didn't talk about psychiatrists and it would probably be seen as a very weak thing to go to a psychiatrist. But, but, but it's
0: interesting because it's a class thing. Yeah. That you know, that you were like not unlike my grandfather not my father. My father, you know, got out somehow and, and moved up. But mm-hmm. my grandfather was a bookkeeper and there was a class of Jews that was, it was that first middle class. It wasn't really that moneyed and it wasn't right. until they really sort of moved out of yeah. New York into real suburbs. So, so in that community, because in the community I grew up in, or I think it's a generational thing because yeah. you're like your dad's generation is really probably my, uh, the tail end of my grandfather's generation. Right.
1: Yeah. They, my parents had kids late. In right the, later in life, so you
0: know? no psychiatry for you. And, and, and I, I, this... oh, I did
1: eventually, though. Now, that's what I'm saying. I got to a point, uh, I was doing this uh show for HBO that I had, it only did eight episodes. Well, that, what I was did, that? It was called The High Life. It was very, it was a uh, mix. I did it for uh, uh Letterman's company. Some mm-hmm. of it was came out okay, but I was, um, I'm not a real fast writer, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I found myself in a situation where. I didn't have enough support in general on the show and it was all on me and the dates were coming and the scripts were due and I wasn't yeah. happy and I had to write and I'm not a person who can just quickly rewrite shit. Yeah. I can rewrite mm-hmm. it. I can do it. Yeah. But if I'm looking down the barrel of like, hey, we need those five episodes next Wednesday, then I, I was in a blind panic. And so I re- I had a friend who I saw, could not work, panic attack. And this is, couldn't breathe cabin boy the, no never you know it's weird my panic attacks never get the that to that degree they're just something that i can feel it in my stomach and i just feel uh you know my head shuts down and i just realized you know i was it over my head it was post cabin boy too where i talked to a friend of mine who i knew saw shrink i said you have shrink because i just i have to talk to someone i need you know i i really because i have to i have to get this fucking work done and so, so that's how i first started you're so in you're in crisis yeah, crisis. It was the wor- for me it was I you know, it was to me the, the it was really a frightening moment. And then so I eventually started seeing this guy who I liked. I saw him for many years and then stopped seeing him, but he got me on antidepressants, which took a long time to start to work, you know, because he, you taper up slowly. Were you depressed? Uh it, well, I think depression and depression and anxiety is what I have. but also a um, I can't. Whatever it is, where you can't stop thinking. That's mm. why meditation, which I've tried, it's like ridiculous. I'm never going to be able to clear my head. I believe some people can do it, not me. I can't focus just on my breathing. My and so and so, <laughs> antidepressants have been helpful for me. They've they haven't cured me, but if if I've had like you know a wide amount of anxiety, it's now you know uh, a little less than that. They've had no. I can tell that I don't think there's been any effect on my creativity. Maybe my I'm a little slower in how how fast things come to me. But, See, here's what happens you know. to me
0: is like I get to that point of paralysis or I get like overwhelmed and eventually some part of me, some fighting part of me is like, "Well, you're just going to have to dump this into the world in the form of anger." Yeah. And 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 get into the present. Like last night I went into two sets at the comedy store. I hadn't done comedy in a couple weeks and I was like, "Thank fucking God, I got it, it, some of it out." And I feel better today, but I was about to yell at my girlfriend. I was about to fucking, you know, I wanted to unload on somebody.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm my, I, I got. You go right in with it? I got anger shit, but it's not, Um, I don't, it's interesting because I've never, never wanted to be, uh, I never saw myself as a performer. I never thought I would do anything. I wasn't interested in comedy. Well, how did it
0: happen? Head? So you're in high school. You're falling into yourself. You're full of panic. You got brothers. It's a terror in the house. It's unlivable. Yep. You become an insurance uh, briefly. salesman briefly, briefly in, yeah. in a very beautiful bit of a, it's a a nice portrait of the end of a certain type of man and industry.
1: Do you really? I, I really think that you know that post war feeling. There was still a whiff of it right up until even the early to mid-80s. And then things started to change rapidly. When yeah. I started at Letterman, we were on typewriters. When I left, uh, they were just wheeling the computers in, you know? And then, then you know. Isn't that weird that it's it. like
0: that? It's not that long ago. and, and like It wasn't. I...
1: No, that's the thing. That's what, the, for me especially, and I think for guys our age, but it affects me. Like, I am a... Uh, it fucks my head up that I was were was lived in two distinct worlds. You know what I mean? It's I weird think now we, if you uh, lose uh, your uh, phone,
0: you don't even know who you are for. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like the worst thing that can happen. And I rem- I I had the yeah, first. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. I had the first. Macintosh computer. I bought it in college. I was one of the first people to buy it, and I really just bought it as a word processor. It wasn't much good yeah, for sure. anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a 127-something, that one, that yeah. big
1: box. That, yeah, yeah, the thing that, yeah, right. Yeah, like I, 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 that. I yeah. bought that. It came like, with my, a carrying case, but it was a machine. Yeah. Where are you going to carry it? Yeah, 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 where are you going with that? It was <laughs> right. a big yeah. idea,
0: yeah. I and mean, no one's seen it before, and and I had one. Really? I remember I had one, and I remember what it looked like when you typed, in, in, in the and I just used it to type and store things, Yeah, but the, the idea that you could choose your font was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Right,
1: right. I know it was. Yeah, I didn't and that get it. Was, yeah, yeah, that was
0: like 1986, probably 85. Uh, right. See, so yeah, I
1: didn't get my first computer till probably 90. What well, they were used life or something. There was yeah, no, they, I
0: mean, you just needed a word well, that's processor. What I
1: don't get yeah, I bought. Well, it was considered a laptop. It was a Toshiba. I got it out of here at the. I had one of here. those. Remember the place called? It was the Writer's Computer Store. Is that still uh-huh. here? The
0: Toshiba Tank. It
1: was, it like was a gigantic gray thing, also with a carrying case. But here's what I I find fascinating is especially the early internet days, like when I first. Uh, got my first AOL account. That probably was in the mid '90s, you know, or something like that. But I, right, right, it was so fucking slow, and everything. On the internet is slow. But we like, why didn't we knew the concept of speed? Why weren't we saying, <laughs> "Well, this is bullshit technology"? But we were into. How did we not understand? We were or were for something yeah, Realize how slow it was, and say, "This, this fucking, what's so great the, about doing this? It's just slow." The
0: sound of that dial that up, dial modem. up, yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be it would be incomprehensible yeah. to to wait. But now, like, it, it hasn't helped anything. It's just made everything move faster, made our, 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 we have adapted to it. So our expectations are equally as fast yeah. and they usually get met. And then you just go crazy.
1: Well, the main thing is, I agree, for start out, the idea of word processing, processing so there's no more whiteout or mm-hmm. that tape that I used to put on to oh, write. Oh, yeah, whiteout that. was so that crazy. Shit, so it's like, wow, you can just do backspace. Yeah. You know? So for it did become, I don't know how I could have written moving uh, really in a way uh, long form stuff or even this book if I was putting a sheet of paper into a typewriter how do people do it I don't know they had
0: more skills they weren't as
1: sloppy everything's Robert very Robert Town sweet. wrote Chinatown on paper how on did I be revising it and fucking it up and everything I'm know? sure
0: there were revisions but yeah. I'm sure there yeah, were he assistants did. He was able to do it right is, and there were people yeah, right. that helped and there were people that retyped I, I have to assume but you still had to have that basic skill yeah, and you so. had to be pretty solid I mean yeah, me yeah. it's like random I don't have any uh, typing like I've gotten the way I do it but it's, yeah. it's very, it's very yeah, erratic right yeah And and I'm always going to fuck up. And, and, uh, but the entire. The entire culture is not capable of editing properly anymore. Everything just falls through the cracks. No one gives a fuck. Even yeah. with computers, they can't spell my name properly and they misquote and things are sloppy. Yeah. Because now, as, as opposed to stuff. not really knowing how to do it yourself, you yeah. just have an army of fucking eighteen-year-olds to twenty-two-year-olds who are in like low-paying or no-paying positions yeah. that they put. They give the editorial work. Right. To. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that's fucking a, it's, disaster. Yeah. I know.
1: I know. I'm telling you, we're circling the drain. There's nothing. No good. doubt. I hate. the I really. um The drain on this on this. Living on in. this
0: yeah but it we're, we're, we're circling the drain in this weird sort of um it's a hyper real place yeah. like the the the, the word the, the place where all the information runs around that yeah, makes yeah. us crazy that right. we act in relation to right, right. that's all th- that can all be turned off
1: yeah yeah and that, right yeah. And,
0: and you can still go somewhere and sit and live a quiet life if you want but it's a paralyzing fear i don't I, I like to think we're circling the drain but i think sometimes it's like hey if i just shut everything fucking off and really did it for like a month i'd be like oh we're not circling the drain that thing circling the drain." yeah
1: but that, you notice i don't know about you i can't you can't as much separate as i want it. to turn it off i can't i can't even try that um which you know people suggested to me the uh that ad, or the other thing near computer where it limits your time on the internet so you have to work i you know i tried that once I'm like fuck this i want to get back and you know procrastinate some more <laughs> yeah. how do i disable this fucking thing oh, God, yeah wait
0: what it's done all it's done is it's enabled everyone to uh to sort of you know masturbate, literally masturbate for hours and hours, one way or the other. That's all. It's it's facilitated this like mental and actual masturbatory you know yeah. freedom that no one ever thought they'd have. I can sit and waste my entire day filling my head with bullshit yeah. or looking at people fucking any way I want and just fucking burn a day. That's yeah, right. that. That's the big leap forward. And buy and buy a monkey. lot of
1: shit that you don't want, which oh, gives yeah, me yeah, yeah. temporary pleasure. I, I don't. To, I'm not to like To have that. Amazon Prime a little. No, I'll. I'll, I'll and it's a procrastinate, oh, Aguirre of the Wrath of God She's now uh, in Blu-ray? Shit, got to yeah. get that, you know? So that's what you do <laughs> as opposed
0: to just masturbate all day.
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, then it's like, sort it, of the
0: same thing. It's like I just bought a thing, and it's yeah. gonna come. Like, sh- I, should I pay the extra five dollars yeah. to
1: have it tomorrow? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's exactly. It's totally it. Yeah. It's, and it's shit that you don't mean, like. I'm. Yeah. It was like maybe. Well, look at this. This is kind of cool. These little mini uh, yeah. computer speakers for your laptop. I can just throw them in my bag. <laughs> what do I need it for? You don't it's like. I'm gonna have a fucking concert hall sound yeah. in my hotel room. It's to not gonna be to, that good a sound. To listen. Yeah, it's, it's, right, so, it's not
0: even gonna be that yeah. good. That's the, that's the hope. Yeah. Right. Like these are the new. Things you're like, right. no, 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 it's not as good. Yeah. It's just the same. But uh, okay, so let's go through how you got involved with writing. So you, you're you're kind of nuts, and you got you got you wanted to get out of the house. You did the insurance sales thing because this book really doesn't. It sort of stops at the you know uh, in a way uh, you don't cover the career.
1: I, I and no, it's interesting. It was never. Uh, or I said to myself I'm not going to do it I just never would I didn't want to talk at all about I, There's nothing I hate more than talking about the business. business And I don't even This is the thing you know. My family, my parents and everything It's always like they never know what I'm doing I don't like to talk about it I don't want to talk Did about it Did anyone get hurt by your book? Yeah, there was some yeah I yeah there's some problems. There's still sort of some but you know something. Um, what brothers? But, yeah, yeah, and and also my sister-in-law, which I think thinks that that have cooled out. Uh, that that was the Disney chapter. That's and a hilarious that, yeah. chapter, yeah. but that
0: didn't sound like it was good going in.
1: No, but my wife, who's great, it was, it was her sister. You know, I. But did
0: you did you let your wife read that? Yes,
1: shit? I absolutely did, and I said she just loved it. She goes, "No, you got to put it in. She'll be fine with it. She has a good sense of humor." And <laughs> but there were, <laughs> were some things I said. Just mark anything they think is. Is uh you know too much that maybe I should chop out you yeah. know, and then she you know brought it back to me with all this bleeding red you can't say that <laughs> you can't say this you know <laughs> so at the end of day I really didn't think I thought oh because my my yeah. my sister in law she's not she you know I I thought I oh, should be cool about it but then you know something you justify the shit because then I thought I, I I said to Lori my wife you know I said you know something if anyone did that to me I would fucking kill them you yeah. know what I mean just as it is I have I have the thinnest skin imaginable so. So in that sense, I'm a piece of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But I had it's something I had to do, and not only that, it was real, it was true. It says a lot about who I am. And in most of those stories, and not all of them, I think I come off as the biggest asshole. I feel they're same in some way. Some reviews is people that don't you're just like what a fucking asshole, you know? And the things he says about Disney, or the thing he, you know, does this and that, or well, I, I had
0: the same issue. Where, but see, the, what, what I realized, and it sounds like you learned a lesson as well somehow that you probably wouldn't do it again is that you know it's a weird lesson when you're self-involved mm-hmm. and you're like this is my life these are people in my life i'm the underdog in this i look like horrible thing but you what you what you forget is that the people you're writing about especially in this culture and especially you know in the circle of people that you run they're just as self-centered as you are so yeah. so what they're gonna do is they're gonna see it and they're gonna be like how embarrassing this whole book's about me
1: basically you <laughs> yeah, know and, it, yeah. and
0: and now like you know everyone's gonna read this about me right they don't even look at it. it's like three pages doesn't yeah. matter
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: so their it's, whole worldview and perception thinks it's all coming down on Cause, them.
1: Because most people, I think, um, which is probably more healthy from a mental mental perspective, yeah. that don't go there and think about what's fucked up about them, and certainly they don't talk about them. I think for people like us, you know, and I got to a point I didn't really talk about. I didn't think of myself. I came to that conclusion sort of as my late teens that, that I am I'm just crazy, and I thought, you know something, that's just who I am, and it wasn't, you know, I, I, it suddenly, I just realized, I'm, I really think I'm, I'm crazy, and I am crazy, you know, but I think when you realize that, it doesn't necessarily, should not give you a license to be an asshole, but if you just, you at least have to point it out, and I am the first to point out, Everything that's awful about me, you're the same way, you know what I mean? And it takes I, time, though, they, and you have to
0: hurt people. Yeah, and
1: the thing is, if I never saw a psychiatrist for the period that I saw a psychiatrist or like go on antidepressants, then, you know, I did that also largely for my wife and my young daughter, Like, because I really don't want to be, but and for me, I would say first and foremost for me, I could not continue. I, I described, you know, when it was that awful moment where I just had all this work on my shoulders and I was panicking, but I'd felt like that in different degrees my entire life, and I realized to... to to my life lived unmedicated, and I didn't self medicate because I was, didn't do drugs at all. Was why? Because well, you're how afraid painful. of them. Um, it wasn't. Well, a little bit of like I did not lose control. Who knows? Control. If someone had given me a drug that made me feel so wonderful, you know, when I was sixteen or seventeen, or if pot did that for me, which it didn't. Maybe, but it's not my personality. I, you know why? Like, because I judge others. I'm these fucking dr- people taking drugs. and stuff. I hated kids so much in school, so anything they were doing and yeah. stuff or my brothers were doing, I did not want to be like that. But I also had a sense of, I always felt that I was teetering on some sort of mental disaster or breakdown anyway. I'm like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to start fucking around with drugs and things. There was no concept in my mind that they could help, whether yeah, they were right. recreational drugs or Of course, back you know then they're like said they're no psychiatrists and and also fun
0: in general was completely alien to you.
1: Yes, that's absolutely true. I did not have. I did not. I my my fun. And uh, From, if I had any amount of fun was the day that I could no longer that I was put into pre K whatever the fuck it is yeah. you know and I was no longer you know in the in the passenger seat in the station wagon with my mother going to the to the grocery store which was the, that yeah. was relaxing <laughs> my brothers were in school it's just me and my mom and like for
0: me like I what I've realized is that like when people go like are you happy it's like for me it's never been about happiness it's been about relief yeah that that like relief and happiness are... The same to me in a way. I'm I'm learning a little more now about you know the idea of happiness, but t- to me it's terrifying. It really it
1: is. is. Yeah, and th- I'm sure you, I don't know if you have like there's moments of maybe some manic happiness which dissipates very quickly. Yeah, I get, I get
0: manic. I get mania for like two or three days usually yeah, before, that's pretty long. before for, I you know? get a cold. Yeah. Or, or just it just comes and I'm like, all right, this is that thing that yeah. happens for a few days. But I don't get depressed. I get like sometimes I feel like things are pointless.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, do you feel this? This is what I've recently, I mean, not that recently, but I think I, in trying to pinpoint what it is, when I am at my most happy, it's when I felt I've done good work. I've written something that's this and that. And, and if I don't do that, I am fucked up. You know, like the book made me feel good. I had a good sense when I it was the of anything I've done. It was the first time I felt that. I had control of it. This was not going to be turned into anything else. I was just writing a book, and it was something that I had to do. Because yeah. I felt that my writing was not... Um, my name was on shitty movies that I, I really will say. Not my... That's the lamest thing a writer can say. So I know people, they listen to this It's the oldest writer thing. Well, you should have read my script. In my case... The cabin boys have a whole other story. I don't even know the strength to get into that right now. Anyway, but anyway, maybe but it's in, just, in ten minutes. But it maybe. maybe okay. But <laughs> but but, <laughs> but then there's other stuff I've done. I and I also realized that the medium of television and film. Um, you know, you're you're not gonna uh, in writing this book. This is the only thing that's gonna be pure that you really are, the, right? Because in radio that you don't, yeah, in yeah. In radio
0: and film, you're basically like you're doing a job. Yeah. You're on a staff. Your 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 work is your own only to the degree till it goes to the next guy. Yeah, and 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 then they decide whether they're even gonna use it or not, and if they're gonna change it or not, or and then like the problem with you know, the the wonderful union protection, which is good, is like, hey, don't worry about it. It's shit now, but you get the credit.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know. Lovely. Um, right. th- no, it, it, <laughs> no, it, it just doesn't. Um- what do you care? You got the credit. Yeah. What- I you, what do you care? It's like, I know that's everything. I would rather be fucking poor and be able to hold my head up a little bit. <laughs> fucking credit. you have the credit. So the where, how do
0: you get into you the first job as Letterman?
1: Yeah. How that does that in- happen? Did you go to college? I, uh, I went brief, I went to, you know, I, my grades were so bad coming out of high school, I, there's no, first of all, I had, no, I had no intention of going to college. Me either. Because I hate, school to me was, I mean, it's a lame cliche or comparison, but it really was prison to me, without a doubt, it's the closest thing I could compare it to. And when I got out, it was like, I'm not going back to any of those situations, so I worked when I was 60 well first I was like a, I worked for a landscaper a guy who later got brutally murdered <laughs> which is another thing that's other thing when you think that everything bad is going to happen and then bad things do happen it it confirms I remember you know certain sure. things in my childhood that made me real when uh I was young and my dog was killed and hit it was you know hit by a car and killed I it, I'm fucked up about that to this day but it also reinforced my natural biological you know, mentally way of processing things that bad things are always going to happen. My parents are going to die. I never. Uh, this is the interesting thing. I'm not a hyp not a hypo, not a hypochondriac at all. I yeah. don't have patience for that. I know a little bit. Most people are. I I my thing is losing people around me that I care about. I look. I hope I live a long time, and I hope I'm healthy, you know. But I, so I don't. It's not like if I went to a doctor and he said, eh, "This is probably nothing. But there's a little lump here," you know. I would instantly be like, "Oh fuck," you know. Yeah. But I don't think about it. I don't, I'm not always like touch myself and feeling yeah. for. I don't. If I get, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't have that. I worry about other people. Even death is not something that I obsess over for Just yourself. The people are rent right, enough for myself. not Yeah, yeah. It, so it, you got a fear the, of
0: people leaving for good.
1: Yeah, it started with my, you know, my my parents, my mother uh, specifically. I thought I always thought growing up every year was this is the year something's going to happen. She's going to die. Is she you alive? Know? Uh, yeah, she is, and. uh um. So I'm very, you know, I'm lucky. She, it, that's a funny thing. It turned out to be uh, whatever. And so, so I, I wrong. I, yeah, wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yet, some things turned out to be true. The dog one see, was but, a big one, for right? Me. Yeah, but
0: that's sort of like after a certain point, you realize this is this is my belief system. Like you know, this is how my brain works. Yeah. And even if it's crazy, it's yeah. how. I, it's how i comfort myself or it's how i define myself even if the panic about other people that's somehow the repetition of that pattern you know keeps you in a place even if it's not a good place it's something that's familiar to you yeah so like you know there's obviously ways to maybe get out of that place or 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 or, or sort of uh make it less menacing but but it it it's it's the way that, like I'm learning that these negative patterns mm-hmm. are really what we call home. It's it's what we it's it's what we've done. Yeah. Uh, it's what we come from. Right. So you just repeat them. And to change them, like I just learned yesterday someone talked to me about neural pathways. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. but but it's work.
1: You can not I don't think they're they're you can help. I think uh the uh, when I was seeing a psychiatrist and antidepressants maybe have helped maybe 13%. I'll take that. But <laughs> you know, you, maybe but a you, little you, bit. But, but, but you've decided you but can th- live with it, obviously. I, I think I can live with it, and I think um, I am, I've am. i realized that, you know, I think you are what you are. You can't... You can change a little bit. Everyone can change a little bit, but I can't, um, you know... Whatever, Here's what I believe. Your, yeah. Here's what
0: I believe. And it's like, it's, it's a little bit uh, 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 kind of sappy. I think what you can change is, and, and it usually will happen anyways with age as you get humbled and your pride diminishes yeah, <laughs> is, is yeah. that, you know, you can open your heart more and become a, a, a more a giving person, even in the context of all your problems. I, I
1: agree with that. Absolutely. And yeah. and that's and that, a pretty it, tremendous change. Yeah, that is, that is it absolutely. Yep. And it's, um, I imagine f- when
0: you had a kid, you were,
1: whoa, no, not, re- not it. F- here's the thing is it did become that <laughs> it became that I had. Well, I, I mentioned it in the book, you know, uh, the pregnancy worried me because I did not want a boy because of my brother. The brother experience. I don't like boys in general. Yeah. I'm telling you, the first day of kindergarten, yeah. it was – and I always loved women. Yeah. I always felt I had also, by the way, early sexual, strong heterosexual feel. I don't know if you had that. I can sure. remember being very young. Like, oh, yeah. I remember my brother, kissing My girls. brother having Playboys and stuff, and not knowing oh, what yeah. sex is, not knowing anything, but seeing, you know, and being like – but oh. but and, but but in general, though, I always thought that girls and women – are kinder. They're less nuts. They're just uh, not, which is now of course we know that's not a blanket thing, but I found the better. So right away at kindergarten, that when I walked in and, and saw also these, all the men in your life were crazy. Yes, yes, and, and
0: mean, abusive, fucking volatile but people. But
1: I don't know about you. I didn't have this this thing where like like when I saw the kids in in school when I first got there, the little other little kids and the the boys, just them all with their fucking trucks and their toy guns and their GI yeah. Joes. I n- never liked that kind no, of stuff. Yeah, you know? and the girls were sweeter. They yeah. were nice. So I, I associate women uh, with safety and intelligence and and um, something that's more just. They're just emotionally smarter. I know it's a blanket thing, and there's plenty of whack and whack, else, when, whack chops out right. there. You're both sexes, but but still, I just I, I and when, I have and thing and when you're a guy guys. that
0: doesn't like that. See, what I gravitated towards was older, like, and we grew up roughly in the same time. But you had brothers, so it was all in the house, the records, the hair, the cigarettes, pot. Yeah. But I didn't have that, so because I didn't like trucks and stuff, I immediately gravitated towards like the pictures of the hippies, and you know, like like that to me was like great. Like, I yeah. didn't like trucks, but I right. wanted to grow my hair out. Yeah, I did that because my mother drew that mustache. too. That was,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That would that absolutely no, that was cool to me, that 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 stuff. And yeah. I, although I also like really like I said it from a young age, really like this you know, nineteen twenties music you know, someone and get, well that someone like,
0: put that in you somehow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I know I don't like I think and I described the book, it's true. There's it's something that matched it. It was comforting when they would show these old cartoons from the thirties on yeah. TV that, that that background music was mm-hmm. something that really worked for me and then you start hearing that kind of, and then it took me, you know, many years to, I would hear that again and say, oh, that's that kind of sound of the music I like. And then in my teens, uh, I started to get very, uh, you know, learning a lot about, about it. and 78.
0: But, yeah. that, so, how do you get this fucking job? You don't oh, the job. So, so,
1: so, so, yeah. Uh, I had no interest in that. I just want to say, like growing up, I had no, I had no aspirations to do anything. I just mm. assumed I'd sell insurance. But I did start. To, I was, I was smart in the sense of like I really liked movies, like a lot of old movies on television. And then by you know the early '80s, really influenced by all those great movies from the '70s, and that's when the first buzz of people started talking about going to film school. Yeah, and I had to get out of Harrisburg at that point. Mm-hmm. So. But in order to go to NYU, I had to go to Harrisburg Area Community College in two years to get my grades up because I could not even get into a shithole. Like I get, did the same thing. I, mean, it, it, I fucked off in high school, yeah, and my yeah.
0: my senior year, I panicked because yeah. I wanted to leave, and I I applied myself and got like you know A minus average.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, that's 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 how I was. Community college, I was. Yeah, that there, there suddenly I was a smarty know. because I was I if I applied myself and I had a goal. Right, you know, get I give out. a fuck about. You know, yeah. I never once thought at any point in school, up to and including my senior year, about going to college or being anything. Yeah, never even. A, all I was just like, how do I get out I of want my house? To be an artist. How do I fucking survive? See, so that's good. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, See that's um of some kind. I just had. not There was no one in Harrisburg that would even make that thing seem po- you just never heard about anyone like, right and i'm a person another one of my big problems is uh i perceive everything to be impossible so yeah. what's the po- what's the point of even trying right how would I, i'll come out every different way that that couldn't happen
0: yeah well i get well yeah impossible so that's it so that's, we
1: living in caves if i was like the head caveman, yeah of course but, but, that, but that's you know, the
0: anxiety thing yeah. it's, it's sort of like but then you got to go to the place and then what you got to hire people yeah, and then I you got, know, yeah so, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah right yeah <laughs> It's just like, yeah, it never happened. Yeah. You know, it's never happened. It yeah. that's yeah. like. Well, that's the difference uh, yeah.
0: between someone like us yeah. and like Judd Apatow.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, right. Yeah. Someone like that who, you know, knew early what he wanted to do was focused on that and can that other maintain kind of stuff. the businesses yeah,
0: yeah like how does he even go out i mean i yeah. see him doing comedy again and and, and i'm like you know don't you, what about the empire yeah, right, it, yeah, d- yeah. How do, don't you have a family yeah. you know like, it, just yeah, like yeah. how do you what happens is they trust people they deliberate power they outsource jobs and they you know they're respected yeah. as a boss they hold the leadership thing
1: it's interesting even if i was capable of achieving <laughs> something like that i would not the big part of me just could not handle it could not push for that. I wouldn't want to be that out there and that part of every I I, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm I wouldn't be comfortable. I don't want to be part of a scene. That's the thing. And that's why I never the and or part of the which I know is interesting because comedians you stand up. Yeah. That's a really big thing. But, never, but we're
0: all the, all yeah, comedians yeah. are like you and me. I a lot wanna,
1: of them. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, I mean, I have a few, yeah, I guess. That, no, I, and I'm, it's,
0: the great I'm thing sure about the are, comedians but, is like, it's like there's a shorthand to it and it's good to be around brilliant, funny people and make you feel better.
1: Well, that's what made, when I finally moved to New York and started and then. Uh, so you got to so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I go, I go to film school in New York and right away that that sucks. And I am already thinking my only go at that point is how do I stay in the city? Because New York City fit me like a glove. It was the fir- that was actually the first time I was truly happy because yes. you know why you can get lost. You can be alone. You could eat by yourself. Right. You know, and so anyway, some I, I didn't even know what an internship was. Some kid was telling me he got an internship at a, for a producer reading scripts. And I was already worried. Like, what am I going to do when I graduate? Like, I'm I'm not going to be able to afford to stay here. My yeah. family can't afford to. Get, what you know? This is all. I'm am I going to go back to Harrisburg? And, yeah. and so that made me think. When he said, I was like, Oh, an internship. I never heard that word before, mm-hmm. which I had not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so. What I was interested, I was never a, like this comedy geek. It, I, I liked smart comedy. I knew it when it, like, SCTV or this and that, and I liked that kind of stuff, but it wasn't any particular obsession with mine. I liked, you know, a, yeah. a, a lot of old movies and, st- and stuff like that. So uh, I was more into Scorsese than yeah, anything Yeah, sure. Else. And... Um, but what I was really into at that time was this Le- The Letterman Show, which had been on for about two years. And I was oh, obsessed first, with
0: that show. The first couple of years were ins- insanely great.
1: But I was more obsessed with Dave. Yeah. Dave was, I could just tell that this guy was one of the, it was the first guy that I think, this is, I think he, we think sort of alike the way he, not, not necessarily comedian. You know, he's a brilliant comedian and everything. Right. I mean, the way he's looking at things and his hatred for, bullshit and phoniness and the way people are. And he was the first guy to really you know sort of shit on and, show business and, and, and celebrities. And he was show.
0: like when those first couple of years I mean he pushed it.
1: He pushed it and yeah. that was and that really you know struck a chord with me in a way that you know Woody Allen a little bit I saw oh wow, oh, it's interesting I recognize some of that neurosis but like he was you know again like the the hypochondria and all right, that, that right. kind of Jewy had style. no religion. that, that, that yeah. was not that and then Albert Brooks I thought now that uh, that's yeah. even closer that's like something that's, that's more because Albert Brooks <laughs> some of that but without the um, or no he did it without the Jewish thing right. like Woody Allen did so right. I was like but Letterman that was something that was like oh my god and so I was you know, I just thought this guy is the great. so I I so, so now I know about these things called internships. I went back to my dorm room. I cold called the Letterman show and said, "Do you have any of these uh, things called internships?" There? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "Uh, you well, actually, we have a uh, we just lost our writer's intern. If you, can can you come up and just you know meet someone for an interview?" And I was like, "Yeah." I went straight up there. I met Steve O'Donnell. Great yeah. intern. Uh, is a great guy. He's there and forever. There, yeah, just such a yeah. He he was the. He's the mind. I, I mean, not the. I mean, during when the show was really up and running at its greatest, um, he as the head writer is so responsible for the great. You know, like yeah. a lot of people. Obviously, Merrill created yeah. everything, but Steve, unbelievable. So Steve liked me, and then he said, "We'll come back." And I met some to meet, have a couple other meetings, and then I got it. And I said to myself, "Did at you meet that time, Dave?" Um. No, I didn't meet Dave. That's a funny story. I didn't meet Dave till probably about uh a few weeks into my internship, maybe even less. Then it was a very small office. You always saw Dave. You know, yeah. it wasn't like, and it was a you know, it wasn't that he wasn't the CBS Dave, it right? Was still, but he was still the show was you know he was like I know rolling that studio and stuff. The, on NBC. Six, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. So, I guess, as soon as I got that internship, was the first time I ever had a goal for anything. And I said, I knew that that place was right for me. I knew I could write for that. I knew the sensibility. But I knew, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. But I said to myself, I'll, I don't care if it takes 10 fucking years because I have no other way to enjoy my life or to do something that I think I could do and make a living at. This is it. And I was... Said to myself, you're, you know, I want to be a writer here, and I was very. I just say I was good in, in uh, sort of like Steve, as the writer's assistant, I was really helpful. Steve liked me. Chris Elliott took me under his wing as well. Those guys really encouraged me. Told me, you know, you should. At that time, the way like Chris became a writer, and maybe one or two other people, they were submitting jokes to Dave's assistant. He wouldn't use them, but he was back then. He would look at them, Mm -hmm. and I started. So on Chris's advice, I started giving like five jokes a day to uh, Dave's assistant. And then, you know, I don't know when it was, maybe a couple months later. Uh, it was, I can concerned with that. She said, hey, do you got a minute for Dave, Adam? And I'm opening up viewer mail. I edited the viewer mail. You <laughs> right, know, right. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I went in and he's like, hey, you know, and he, and he has my, they were in blue paper. You were right. supposed to of that blue sheet. here's your like, you know, I like these jokes. I, you know, it's really good. You just keep doing it. Keep doing it. And I walked out of there and it was like, I, seriously, that the greatest, <laughs> that's the single greatest feeling I ever had in my life. And I knew at that point, Yeah, and I kept writing them, and he, for some reason, really took a shine to my jokes, which were not, like, topical. They were weird stuff, and they didn't really get laughs, but it was more like, um, I think it was very much Pennsylvania, so Indiana, Midwestern type of uh, kind of thing. And he liked that kind of weird stuff, so he always got a kick out of the jokes. The audience never did, and uh, eventually... Uh, I, I was hired and, and so that was and that was if had I not made that this is why we know that you know luck plays so much you know when people ask you like how do you do it it's like there's no real first of all you have to be able whatever you're going to do whether it's stand up an actor yeah. the thing it starts with, with you either have it or you don't you mm-hmm. know what I mean you got to be able to do it and then it's just about luck because you just may never have that conversion that intersection that I was like if I had made that call the a week next, later. Day, yeah, uh, the next day they pray, that they would have been filled. I think about it all the time. It's not, you know, it, it's not like I that you oh you would have ended up doing something. No, because I wouldn't have pursued it. I'm not that was the one time I had the Eye of the Tiger when I made that call and when I worked my ass off of that show as an intern, you know, and, and later like it was a writer's So wh- what what yeah. was
0: the first meeting with Dave before the uh the he liked your jokes?
1: Oh oh that was uh where I was opening, I was in this, it was in the, the conference room, it was a little conference room. And this was before they expanded the offices. And uh, so I was at this sort of table and I would I had my little, uh, my letter opener and just slicing open these, ma- you know, viewer all mail. the viewer mail I had a box of mail and, and making a pile that I copy for the writers. And from those, they would, they would, you know, just, they would write things for the viewer mail segment. And uh, did you
0: decide what was good or bad or you just opened them?
1: No, I I, did, I added them, and that was also too. Steve O'Donnell was like, I remember the first time he looked at my folder of the ones that he goes, this is you know one of the best batch we've had in a long time because you have to you know you have to sort of figure out oh this is a good this yeah, one is good it's something's funny. good to yeah. Do. yeah but there's some that you know you can't yeah. you don't want to overwhelm them with too much you just and so I I, I was I got the show I mean I knew the show before <laughs> right, I even got yeah. there and um but anyway so I'm sort of caddy corner from Dave's office there was his uh assistance office and then there was another door that led into dave's office but every time dave came out into the hallway he sort of he had to make eye contact with me if i looked up and so he did that a few times and then uh i was always thinking what's it gonna be like the first time i meet dave just don't make an asshole out of yourself and he came in finally goes yeah, i don't think we've met i'm dave and, you know i said i'm adam and then i said it <laughs> for no five six so i said i'm adam a promising young intern. <laughs> And he said and after I said I was like, what the fuck? Why don't you just shut the fuck And and yeah, so I said, Yeah, hi, I'm Adam. I'm a promising young intern. And he said, yeah, I'm sure you are. And then he turned off. <laughs> but he was But but he was, I gotta say, very quickly. This is it was a very it was like a small staff. It was like a family. And um, you know, he got to know me, and he liked I think I know, he kind of liked my sense of humor just the way I talked. I was never, ever trying to be a funny guy, you know, and I wasn't a joke. yet. I think he saw I think he saw me for who I was, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that this is sort of cynical, beaten down, but, you know, that's yeah. what I was. And uh, he has some of that. And I there's a lot, to Dave, I uh, I really, I think we're similar in certain ways. Not in the part where I have this amazing genius talent that <laughs> I become a... But, but we have a similar sense of humor, a similar way of looking at things. And I, I think there was a little bit of a a slight bonding over that. And like you were, still, you were there you know,
0: for like, you know, what, seven years,
1: eight years? Five, six years. Yeah, And, and
0: <laughs> did the relationship grow at all? Or it was, did.
1: It did actually. It was, and to this day he's, um, and Chris Elliott will tell you the same thing. I think, you know, some other people, but for me, Dave is, uh, I got to say the most, probably the most important person, you know, people in my life. He's just like, he's like my older brother or father kind of thing. I, you know, when I wrote the book, when I write anything, like when I wrote the book, Everything I wrote was thinking, you know, I, this has got to be... It pushed me. Dave If Dave doesn't like this, I'm fucked. I wrote it for Dave. I, I mean, I wrote. he was the, the... If everyone hated it except for Dave, I would have been okay with that. When I heard that he... And he told me, too. He called me, and he loved the book. That was... This book, it's interesting, did take a certain amount of weight off my shoulders that I think will stay off. Mm-hmm. Not completely, you know, because, you know, you get... Finally, you get used to it. And you're, but it's like... I think I did something that I I feel good about. I don't say it's perfect, you know. I think I'll do better even, the, you know, the next time. But I, I, you know, I feel good about the book. The fact that Dave was so nice about it, had me on the show. Um, that was that was a, a, a great a big thing for me because before that. I had because of this you know the way the business is I just felt like you know if anyone just saw well, what did this guy do I didn't feel there was anything I could really be proud of and a lot of and, and some things that I was very embarrassed about and I was also upset about the whole thing about things I you know money jobs you got to do for money and uh and and you know and not for me to be rich but just to live a middle class life in New York City which takes a lot of money mm-hmm. and you know my daughters i in private school so it's still you know so um but it's So, you know, I was full of shame for so many years since Cabin Boy. Then I had- Well, what happened? Supernatural so, like, so you, bad you, you, luck you, with a couple of other movies. You, you
0: left Dave to, to work with Chris yeah. on Get a Life. Yeah. And that and people love that show.
1: Yeah, no, I'm happy about that. that and then
0: you did a lot of episodes. I mean, you had what, three seasons? No,
1: a season and a half.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. So it didn't take, but you were proud of that.
1: Yes and no. I, Chris and I did not have it have a good experience working on that show together
0: a, or above you. I mean, we like, were
1: we, Chris and I were like together. We were in the in, right. the, in the fox so, hole together. Right. But it was yeah, there was some. Uh, it was it was an awful experience. And, and also then, coming from Dave, which was such a great experience, you know. And you
0: left to pursue this. You know, um, you thought it was time.
1: Here's what happened. This is where everyone's life is different, and no one, no one. What happened to me? I don't know if anyone has things like that. Of course, people do things that turn out badly, but, right? No, so Chris said to me, "There's a, you know, Fox wants to do a show with me. Do you want to? Do you want to write it with me?" And I said, uh, "You know, I'm, you know, in. Letterman, I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't think anything would happen. I never was thinking I wanted to do sitcoms. This is a time when a lot of writers were leaving to go to Fox, and do I had no interest in that. So, you know, I, Chris and I said we wrote the show, and then uh, I didn't think anything would happen. Then suddenly they want to make the pilot. Now I'm getting a little nervous because like I don't know what I want to do. I like it. I love working with Chris. The pilot was a total." Sort of, it was a bait and switch a bit for the day. It was, it was nothing that I think Chris and I were very proud of, mm-hmm. you know, because it was very, we had to, we wanted, you know, to get picked up. Chris wanted it to get picked up, obviously, clearly it was a big thing for him. And so it was a little compromise, the pilot, it gives me douche chills, the pilot, I can't look at that. But it, so, so, uh um so, I, so in a way, so here's the thing, is so just unnaturally, I don't know how long I would have stayed at Dave, not my whole, I mean, I definitely wanted to do other things. I wanted to write, I think I was really, wanted to write features. Mm-hmm. But um, but so I was sort of fell into that, which is what it was. And then when we're at Get a Life, then suddenly Chris gets a call from Tim Burton, and then that turns into us doing uh, Cabin Boy. So all these things just sort of happened to me. There were nothing that I planned for, was trying, to, were were trying to do. It, and they both in Cabin Boy destroyed my life and destroyed my mind, made me even a more weaker, worried human. How? Being Why? A- what happened? the just the fallout the embarrassment and that i was how's
0: tim so tim burton you guys had the script whose script was it
1: tim wanted to do like a Pee Wee's big adventure thing because he was doing the big movies and so he thought he wanted a one with chris Chris, yeah so we was you know chris and for chris's stuff he's the only guy i ever wrote with and it was always just for chris material i never had another i never had a writing partner for my own stuff but so um you know, we, uh, Chris had this idea to maybe do a version of Captain's Courageous with Chris playing like the Freddie Bartholomew character, this, this this like snobby rich kid that ends up on a fishing boat, you know, yeah. and uh, with these, you know, hard-nosed seamen. <laughs> so <laughs> it seemed like a natural. Yeah. And uh, and then Tim was going to direct it, and I thought, well, you know, this will be good for me. I have my name on a script that, that Tim Burton's going to direct, and, you know, he directs stuff that this will make it easier for me, even though I don't want to do... Uh, Necessarily big Hollywood yeah. I want to do cool movies. That yeah. was my thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether I could pull it off or not, I don't know. But, but, uh, so, and then he said, so when, when Tim dropped out, they said, Adam, you should direct it. And I was like, well, I don't really, I've never really, you know, I directed and did things on letter, little, little segments, segments and shit, you know. But yeah. they all convince you and you're aging. No, oh, no, you'll have help with that but the main thing is, this is the big lesson one never do anything just for the opportunity the reason i eventually gave in because like the agent said you know if you do this do you know how easy it's going to be for you and i was like well i wanted to do movies but well,
0: you'll be in the guild but this is right yeah
1: right and but this is something if if I was going to write a movie by myself or if I was going to write one with Chris for Chris Chris and I in a million years would never have fucking come up with Cabin Boy this was something that was designed for Tim that Tim helped you know he shepherded it he loved the idea it was like Captain's Courageous meets Ray Harryhausen we told him it was meant for his sensibility so then when I was finally convinced to direct it you know I hated right off the bat I hated the, the experience of directing at least that I I didn't like and it was not something that I would have done on my own I felt felt very odd you must Except, have been
0: insane on the set with you trying to
1: it was I mean it just wasn't it wasn't fun and also it's not my personality to be actually in a collaborative situation I don't like being around a lot of people I don't want to have meetings yeah. I don't want these things well how, what should the scale of the ice monster be I didn't and plus I had no <laughs> here's the big thing no passion for that project i just want to get through it and i assumed it'll probably be okay yeah. you know I, you know i'm a little concerned that it wasn't him but the fallout which i don't know if you remember was so this is the worst thing i'm a snob as i'm sure you're about anything about movies literature i try to be uh, a little you know, I, to, I, it, I
0: try to be a little broader lately a little more i diplomat. do but i like what i like sure, and sure. My,
1: it doesn't mean that you know i can't like something silly but uh, right. whatever right of, okay so to be this movie when it came out, Cabin Boy, which yeah. was not, you know, did was not good. I look at it now and go, you know, it's kind of this odd little thing. It doesn't bother me, but at the time, uh, it was seen as like beneath Poly Shore movie. So I didn't even know what it was. I had no opinion about yeah. it at that point. All I know is that it tested off you know, it was awful. So I now not only was I worried about money? Because I no one partially was. Yeah, it was going to be hard to get. So it was a job. joke. It was. It was, like... a, it was a joke, and I was now. I felt, and for a number of years too, that I was perceived as a hack. And I, I'm thinking, you know, something. It's not like I have a big ego, but I'm not a fucking hack. I'm a snob, and I'm, I'm actually a pretty good writer yeah. who now cannot get a job because of that and it's seen and i am seen as someone that wrote the hackiest shittiest worst the Polly shore it might as well be an orson wells movie compared to cabin boy a <laughs> cabin boy for a while was like the but the word for a shitty movie it would be compared to i would see it in articles i remember there was some article you could not escape that's the thing that people don't remember now chris and i we go there'll be screenings you know and we'll do q a sometimes and there's uh, there's a it's small picked up a there's following? A, yeah following not a, not gigantic but enough that there's people that that really like right. it okay and and they don't like it because I've asked them in these things. I said, do you guys like it? Because it's one of those, it's so bad, it's good thing. Yeah. I'm sure there's some people that like <laughs> it for that reason. There's people that do see it as something that they yeah. they just kind of like as this weird comedy. But, um, so it was the
0: brunt of all jokes. Yeah, so it was the brunt, was yeah, like, so was yeah. the
1: brunt of all jokes. I was uh, literally, for a while, like, it embarrassed me to walk out of, my, in my ha- to walk out of the house. This is in the immediate a- aftermath. It got a lot of press. This was before the internet days. Hard, real press of people it had, and I to this day and I'll go to my grave and so will Chris I don't know where it's not that they, people didn't like the movie critics and things it pissed them off and there was anger and it was on every uh, Cabin Boy you could not es- escape some mention of Cabin Boy I remember there was an article and I think it was the LA Times the New York Times about the laser disc craze and the the article was about eh, all these directors and I'm reading it and I'm thinking oh there's an interesting article about Laser discs. They're talking about all these director cuts, you know. Now, Aliens Two, James Cameron is adding extra footage. Is, is this really doing what? Is the idea of a director's cut, it was questioning whether yeah. that's a good idea. The movie should right. be the movie. I'm reading it, enjoying it, minding my own business. The last line is, "Yep." You know, so, what's in store for us in the future? A director's cut of Cabin Boy? Question mark. And I'm, I'm like, Jesus! I can Everywhere I turned, there was shit like that. You could not escape it. They would not give me a break or Chris. And so I was. It was the most uh, creative paralysis and depression that I had had. By the way, this is still pre-psychiatrist, pre-antidepressants for me. So just raw. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't even take. And
0: the world is crushing medication. you. The world. You, is you crushing walk out with me. you. You're wearing glasses to protect yourself from this thing that you probably isn't. It was bad, but I'm not. I'm sure there weren't people out the in most, front of this your
1: is house. It's not crazy. It was. I literally. Used to think as I, I first I was embarrassed just to get from my apartment down to the lobby. I have, I can sort of remember I thought like maybe a woman starting to come out of the door, uh, neighbor, and see me, and quickly stepping back in and shut the door. I would, You're I really, was, i walk down Columbus Avenue. Like Peter Avenue. Laurie well, right, in I, I that movie, yeah, M, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. That was me. I might as well have, have done something like you know, like that. But he's, uh, and, and when I was walking down Columbus, I would actually think sometimes that, and I'm not crazy this way. This is the death of my crazy. I'm not this kind of crazy. I actually think that you know I think people might avert their glance for, you know the, the, if they would look at me thinking oh that's the guy that did that, that <laughs> fucking cabin boy <laughs> and um,
0: like if you just looked at the numbers of people that actually saw the movie the per, the, the ratio would not ever add yeah up. no no
1: no yeah and so so right no it, no uh, but no but it was written about no a I, get lot. It, I get it it was uh, for what, a was period your of time instead of saying in heavens it? heavens gate they would say cabin which made no sense because this is a cheap little movie it was when Disney was cranking out a shitty live action movies like. uh you know Hocus Pocus or the air up there or Captain Ron no offense to those movies i haven't seen any of them but, but Moe is just another but, shitty live action but that I, Touchstone was I, doing i think at the
0: real horrible sort of uh, uh the worst part about it is that in your mind this was like a sentence worse than death something outside of your control yeah. had, had 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 realized your greatest fears so what You're is so smart that's right and 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 what was happening is you know whether the people outside of the world were doing whatever they were doing the audience in your head that was judging you the the room full of little yous was like oh
1: now you've done it no it's, it's fucking over it's over and also it's, it's sometimes with, with the, the brother or two that i may be talking at a time i remember you know Coming up with this phrase of which then they will occasionally refer to it. I'll say, the resonant curse. I've always thought about a resonant curse. This is what I saw that Coen Brothers movie that starts, A Serious Man, and it starts oh, out so like in a shuttle or whatever, and there's that, uh, that Dybbuk or whatever at the yeah, beginning that yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that I guess implying that, it, yeah, whatever, that, you know, sort of maybe cursed the generation of yeah. that family. Even I would this uh, before I had any sense of that. You know, of that, of thinking of it that way, I just thought there was some kind of a and and so the Resnick curse had had finally. You know, the the, the chickens had come home itself. to roost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it was and it, here's where the fucked up thing was someone like my <laughs> centuries I can, old. I can imagine so many bad things that are not reality. My wife, if she said has said one thing to me, one phrase the most over all the years we've been together, it's this. Why would you think like that? Oh, yeah. You know, like it's always that, and but the thing is, here's where that, and sometimes I can think, you know, maybe it is my brain that's thinking I'm out of the business, I'm this or that. But what happens when, in the case of Cabin Boy, it was really this is not my imagination. I no one did want to hear from me for a while. I remember, and I just this comes back. To when you asked me when yeah. my child was born. My daughter, and I didn't want a boy. I was so happy it was a girl was born about a month before Cabin Boy came out and I already knew what was going to happen. I didn't actually know it would be as bad as it was, but I knew that the movie was a bomb and I knew from the testing and I knew that I would not get work again easily. And, but now I had a daughter to support. So when my daughter was born, I remember being in there. My first reaction to seeing her was just utter fear because I realized I have this new responsibility that I've never, you know, and, and I don't know what, now it's interesting you fantasize and you think well so what's the worst going to happen you're never going to be homeless you'll move to Harrisburg or a town like Harrisburg and you'll rent a little apartment and at least horrifying. you won't be at least you won't well, be a, homeless and well, that's that's, a, a pro- that's what I and that was my that's what my safety net was you know what i mean but it, but, it, but in your mind business, i'll be miserable you know
0: right in your mind though that safety net and I, and i did that too when when the, everything went off the skids for me is that that plan b or that safety net it's vague and it's you know at its root
1: horrendous Yes. Yes. It is horrendous. Yes. And you th- and it doesn't and, it actually doesn't give you much comfort. No, it only makes you realize that I, the, your worst thing is like i have to live in a homeless shelter with my family but i think okay well at least i know th- i can take that off the table but you know that makes you feel good for about a second then you realize but so, yeah but, but, you know, but, right? but, then, but, but what's it what's the job right what's the right right you know like
0: it's like okay i come from a certain like i've done enough things early but what do you what, but my problem was is like at 45 50 like i'll just stop and like and i'll get a job doing what
1: right no that's the thing is that's what i'm also i'm feel that's you know occasionally you do feel lucky and I realize I make Ugh. a living doing literally the only thing I can do that's all I can do well, then, what, but, else. but then what
0: happened it, you you did SNL for a while
1: no that was one this is in the, the dark years after Cabin Boy Chris went to SNL for probably what w- must have been one of the worst seasons ever yeah. and it was uh I didn't want to work there. I, I you know, I was still embarrassed about Cabin Boy. I didn't even want to be seen. This is, I think, about a year after. But, Chris, somehow I went up and met uh, your buddy, Lorne. Mm. And uh, I needed to make a little money, but I knew I did not want to work there. And I'm thinking that whole thing about, oh, they write... Overnight, Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not going to fucking, you know, and I know yeah. that the show was not good that season. The, the the cast was really big. The guys like Farley and Sandler were on the way out the door. They were on weekends going to shoot movies and then coming back, and it was a very depressing vibe. Yeah, there. he was
0: trying to put together the following season as when I auditioned, I think.
1: Yeah, and he was, you know, Lorne, to his credit, I mean, they those guys like Don Olmeyer and Littlefield, they had him out the door. I mean, they were, and, and it was... Uh, you never would have thought at that time that Lauren would survive. And it's amazing. He did not only did he survive, look where he is now. That's it, I'd never uh it, it was not in me to I never like I said, I never wanted to be in the business anyway. So I never chased anything for big money. I've always been I to me it was always me about too. the work. You know, although sometimes <laughs> You have to. I mean, especially those post cabin boy years. I was taking money jobs because I had to do it. And I don't they, think there's
0: they, any shame in that. I've done you, that. You got. I it. mean, it
1: happens, and you just and, you, you just and hope it
0: doesn't work out in yeah, a way.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Especially back <laughs> yeah. like then. I mean, so the first job I got, by the way, was uh, was writing a script. A guy the, about a guy that uh, turns into a dog, and he said, like, "Yeah." And there's scenes where he's drinking out of the toilet. That's the type of job I had. What to take. was that? It was. Um, I forget the name of it. And by the way, the guy who gave me the job, I'm the the producer. God bless him because you know it was. In uh, that year, after Cabin Boy, we're doing like nothing. Didn't you no write one that to, talk to me Yeah, that was that's one of the again the scripts that you know um, that and there's one I did called Numbers that Nora Ephron they ended up directing. I mean, directing those movies did not come out the way that I pictured it. That you, the writer is not is king in television, but unless you're a writer director, you have to expect this. And when I sold those scripts, they were good sales. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give it, you got to know you're losing control. Even but you're though, but you
0: you're okay with that now in a way
1: the, that you movie? can handle
0: it. No, but doing that, it that way, knowing that this is that. that no, I, can... I
1: don't think I'll do it that way. I look, here's all I want. I want to make a comfortable living to, and the thing is I'm living in New York city though. So that's not like, you know, you got yeah. to bring in some money, a comfortable living, doing what I want with some little, side steps into some money jobs or things like that that you know might be enjoyable to work on or something but 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 mostly it all comes back to subsidizing myself to if i'm going to write another book or if maybe i'm going to write a screenplay a small movie and i've you know uh, am talking to a producer that i like that there might be a shot there i, I might give that one more chance the the movie thing because i love movies but it's harder than ever now when you think about yeah getting something really cool it's got to be a small movie you but know? you're okay and what say I'm great? Oh huh? know I'm great. No, Mark, I'm I'm like uh, I'm a million dollars. I just uh, everything's perfect now. You mean okay? What uh, I mean, but you're
0: you're making a living.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm that way, but not. No, but it's always a. Um, uh, uh, you're it's it, it's I'm I don't need a lot. I never did. But then there's other things you think. Oh wow, wouldn't it be nice to have a house at the beach? That's another thing I love. But part of me's like, I know. you know, I. How many other people own more than one fucking house? I have a really no, but, good. But see, you but know, like I'd I think like that my... too,
0: and it's a fantasy I have. But it's like who's gonna who's gonna take care of it when I'm not there? And like what what where is there gonna be like is there gonna be problems with the house? And, and that's like, what happened if, to me. What, what, I what if co- I don't yeah. go there?
1: I had much? a country house that like sort of imploded. They tell you like and you, know, you realize you have the money for the house and everything. What they what they don't tell you and you know I remember checking out. So I'm gonna get this country house. My accountant. Yeah, no, you can do it. That's fine. Sure. But then you don't. It's about upkeep. You can't walk away from that. Pay some people just don't give a shit. Like joint, you know, like you know, you just look.
0: At, people like us are just designed to yeah. to self generate and manage what we can manage. And and because then if you hire people, then you're like, who's that guy? How's he gonna fuck yeah. me? I don't know, man.
1: Well, I also like. I mean, you're probably the same way. I mean, I turned down the money and jobs that I've turned down over the years far exceeds. You know, like I, I. There's so many ways I could have make money. There's so right. many ways that it's, things that I just couldn't do. In fact, when I when Get a Life, I hated living out here because I, you know, after being at Letterman, after Get a Life was over, I was yeah. like, that's it for me in L.A., even though later I did like a stint on Larry Sanders and I, there were some other jobs I lived in. How under. was that? Never thought I, well, I'll tell you that in a second. But anyway, but it was, <laughs> it was, uh, but I never, you know, when I moved back to New York, I knew that was a choice mage and said, you know, you're going to cut your options down. Said, and it was like, well, that's the trade-off because I have to live in New York. And so um, it's about, you know, like, so I still turned down shit and, and. Uh, it's it's whatever. It's about, yeah, yeah. It's about the work. It's always been. But I don't want to be poor. And if anyone wants to give me a shitload of money for something that I, I'm, I'll be happy to take it.
0: Larry Sanders very very well respected show. That right. must have made up a little bit for Cabin Boy.
1: Well, that was here's I that like everyone else. I love that show. That's one yeah. of the greatest shows ever. Uh, so you came
0: in after it was rolling.
1: It was rolling. It was actually it was the final season, and um, it was. Uh, and I was happy to do it. I, do you love it, Gary? I would have preferred to stay a fan of the show rather than working. Uh, you know, I didn't never, you know, I actually, I think Gary and I are so, uh, you know, Dave to me is the guy that I, it was so, Yeah, it so clicked, right. you know, our relationship. Right, right, Gary's right. a completely different sort of guy. Right. So there was not that, I did not have a similar feeling. He's a very different guy than Dave is. Right. And it's his show. Right and he has a way of running it, and yeah. it was not, um, you know, I had some fun there, but for the most part, it was the right, you know, the fact that it was just whatever, we did 10 or 11 episodes, that was, I, I, that felt right to me. I had my fill. It was the end of the season, but it was, um, um, yeah, whatever. What can I tell you? I've had, I've had better times other places, but it was, in, in retrospect, I guess it wasn't so bad. You can't, you know, you can't. If you're not if you feel like you can't really contribute at the level that you think you're capable of, it's not fun. And if some if a place makes it a little difficult to do that and you know, Gary is the uh, you know, he's the guy. It's his show. He's been doing it. And so uh um It was, uh, I'd heard this. I knew I had other friends who'd worked there over the years, you know, so I sort of knew what I was getting into, but I'd met Gary a couple times. I thought, eh, I know what Gary is. He's another guy. I mean, he's not like me, but there's some, some, you know, some fucked up things about both of us that I'm sure I could. And I felt like for a while, like, you know, there was a point that, uh, you know, I was getting along with him pretty good. And it was, uh, but then they got, once we got into the thick of things, then everything changed and it felt like, you know, it was, uh, you know, we were in battle, and the and the battle was going very badly. You know? Oh yeah, and it was, and I think it was. Uh, I don't know maybe that's Gary's process. I think he, you know, maybe things have to be made to be a little harder than they. They're hard enough as it is, but even harder for. That's just his process. The way it works, you know, and it was, you know, there's some. The way to thrive at a show like that, I think, is to be like a creative consultant, where you're just coming in, maybe one or two days a week and you're not part of the actual right militia that's the tough part you know
0: so what are you working on now
1: uh right now i'm gonna write another book there is a a memoir script i want no i think i'm done with that i might write some one-offs you know sure for magazines or something uh i i I love uh, the book Oh uh, tell yeah, t- uh, that's nice. That really are you because that you know, if someone like you likes that makes me feel Love great, it. I'll be Love like, it. What else? Like, like there
0: and, and the laughs are surprising. Not not in not in the way that like I'm surprised that you make me laugh, but I'm I'm surprised at what I'm laughing at. Like you know, there are things that are really funny and I'll laugh at those, but like for some reason there are weird beats in the book that just killed me. That I don't know no, that you would cool. I don't know that you would look at them and go like that was the hilarious part but there's just something about your timing I guess I relate to it so much the strand bag bit like yeah. I have things like that they're usually like shoes I just like. I, I get it.
1: I'm not, I, and I don't think it's like a you know an OCD thing. I am someone who very much no you likes bl- uh, a lot likes a few things that I'm not apt. To but that's change. what but that's, I dress the same way that I've dressed since me too. like sixth but, grade. But probably. that's like
0: what magical objects are. You invest yeah, them yeah. with you know they have uh, something important in maintaining the continuity of your life. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's it's absolutely true. And all and what you said, it's true. You can change and you, and, and absolutely the thing about. Try to be a nicer person. Try to help people more. That's what you can do. But fundamentally, I know at this stage of the game that, um, you know, the, the things that are wrong with me, and it is a mental illness, cannot be – They could, it can could be helped a little bit, you know, but it can't. you can't really change who you are. Well, you My f- thing is I've never been – I think for the most part, you know, I'm a pretty decent person when it comes to other people, although I can get pissed off. I, I, I hate when people fuck things up. I hate incompetence. And I hate people who are just – wrong or bad people. Especially I don't know if you ever had anyone like like I there's a couple people in my life too of genuine narcissists, you know what I mean? Narcissist almost borderline or possibly a sociopath that finally, you know, that all gets blurred. Those people are the worst. You know what I mean? Especially when they're successful. Um yeah, but you know the good thing about me is anyone that I know who's a who's a narcissist, especially if it was a real narcissist. A real narcissist I don't know about you when it comes to jealousy. We're all jealous, you know, about jealousy, of, <laughs> a, especially when it comes, of course, look. You, you, stand up. What the fuck are we yeah. talking about? But here's how I am about other writers or anything like who I might know who might be doing better. I honestly am never jealous of success or money. I am only jealous of the quality of the work. And thankfully, the, the couple of people that I might have a problem with that maybe have done well or this and that, I have no respect for their work. I don't think their work is, is good. So therefore... I don't have jealousy. If they did some amazing work, that is my thing. I don't give a shit how rich or... So um, you're actually powerful. jealous for creative oh, the, reasons? The create that's all that's ever but, mattered th- but to me. But then, are you able you know?
0: to enjoy it? Like, you know, if they do amazing work and you're jealous of it, are you? No,
1: like- I'm not that. I'm not that guy. You mean if someone that that did, say, would I be able to enjoy the, the good work that someone who I thought oh this narcissist? Yeah. ass? No, I'd be like crying. I'd be awful. I don't even want to watch it. And the thing is, I'm honest. I would not even be able to convince myself that it's a piece of shit. It would be like motherfucker, it's good. So <laughs> holy shit. So he's actually creatively better than me. That that's. I've not run into that, by the way. So I, <laughs> which is, I'm only talking about people that I know who I think yeah. are not good people. Yeah. People that I don't know. It's not like I feel that way about the Cohen brothers. I don't know them. Yeah. It's like I can love their movies, you know. Well, here, like,
0: here's what I have to say that I think I, it's not from wisdom. It's just from observation that, you know, this this idea that, that fundamental wiring cannot change, but you can uh, take actions and open your heart now uh, more and become a good person. But all those things that you think will will not change, fortunately, with age and time, will make you just a caricature of yourself. So no no matter how menacing they may have been at one time uh, eventually you just get other people are going to be like oh these yeah it's kind of silly now yeah, no, <laughs> <it's> a,
1: <laughs> well i do feel as you said i think a little mm. bit mellowing although there's times i feel not at all i'm absolutely better than i was than maybe in you know by i think i started to to feel a little bit better in my 40s you know i i, I th- and, and and also this sounds awful I hope that I'm healthy. I hope I live a long life. I But one, I Sounds have like to Jim- die before anyone around me dies. That's important. Okay. Maybe I,
0: you should write that down somehow. Yeah, and I also
1: Please. am taking some comfort in the fact that, you know, I'm closer to the end than I was all those other... In a weird way, I don't have a death wish, anything like that. But I'm feeling... If the human life expect, you know, s- span or expectancy is you know eighty some years now or something like that, I think that's just about right. If they said no, we can. There's this pill you can go to one twenty five. I wouldn't take the pill. Oh,
0: more, it's so. I think more. it's. I'm,
1: I'll, I will. I will. If I'm lucky enough, and I hope I am healthy enough to live a normal life expectancy, I'm You're happy good. with the number. Of you I'm good.
0: Well, look, dude. Uh, I love you. It's a good talk, and I'm, uh, it is a pleasure to talk to you and meet you. I'm and glad tonight. you like the book. I love so That means a lot to me. Thanks
1: it. a lot. Thanks, buddy.
0: Powerful, funny, love that guy. Not the most comfortable guy in the world, but definitely hilarious and brilliant. Uh, as usual, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get on the mailing list. Get some merch for some Christmas presents. We'll have new posters up there. The remixed music on today's show is done by dj copley our theme music is by john montagna uh, again happy hanukkah again go to epics.com i and if you need information on how to watch my special more later it premiered on friday uh, i don't know who watched it a lot of people are asking if they can watch it elsewhere i don't know i know that it will be on hulu in 90 days i know that i'm proud of it and uh I hope it, I hope it gets to people. I know you can go to epics.com to check out where you can get it and how you can get it. I know you you don't all have epics, uh, but someday you will see it. I promise you you will see it and it re- it will remain timeless. So um, what? Guitar? I can play a little. Hanukkah guitar. Um.